What is going on, everyone? Welcome to Barking for Balance, the podcast where we talk about dogs, but we also talk about anything else that's meant to teach, inspire, and entertain. If you're asking yourselves, damn, who the hell is that good-looking guy over there? Well, I am Pat the Pac-Man. Hey, listen, I don't have a confidence issue, do I? <laughs> well, I am Pat the Pac-Man. I am a dog behavior and rehabilitation specialist at Pac-Man to the Rescue. And what, basically what I do is I train people, not dogs. Yes, you heard that correctly. I train people, not dogs. I basically teach my clients how to communicate dog language, understand the psychology of a dog, how to establish direction, bounds, and limits, and so on and so forth. If you guys want to know more, uh, ask some questions down in those comments. And, uh, you know, I'll gladly answer, check out, check us out on our instructional videos on uh, YouTube and on social media, Facebook and Instagram. So that's basically what I do. It's about training people, not training dogs. That's, that's the motto. That's what, that's what we do over here at Pac-Man to the rescue. So today on this podcast, I actually want to get into a little bit about my background. I wanted to, um, talk about my, my past background when it came to, um, animals in general, you know, um, you know, some of you guys that, that are watching for the first time may be shocked to know that, uh, I was afraid of dogs till I was 28 years old. Yeah, I know. And I want to talk a little bit about that and, you know, my exposure to animals and, you know, my, also my, uh, my having lived in Sicily for seven years from the age of 10 to 17 and a little bit about that, uh, when it relates to, to animals in particular, uh, I want to get into that a little bit. And also, uh, I want to talk about a little bit about, um, taking care of stray animals, you know, uh, like I take care of some, some, some of the feral cats around here. And I have some interesting stories of rehabilitation when it comes to cats, which is, uh, an interesting dynamic that, uh, that I discovered. So it's kind of cool. So I figured I'll touch up a little bit of that and maybe, you know, give you guys some, some pointers on, on how to technically, uh, let me rephrase that on how you should approach a dog the right way, just to give you some pointers on what to do, which is kind of like what it what's what's been done and what I've been doing with relation to the cats, which, you know, honestly, it's been working pretty well. So um, I'm going to get into that. But um, yeah, so it's basically gonna be an animal podcast, but we're going to always add some spins of Yes, I do speak uh, Sicilian on this, I do throw some Sicilian phrases, some Sicilian words. So, you know, get ready. So we're gonna have some fun. But um, before we get started, I want to actually just point out our little board back here. I still don't have a name. You know, I want to, you know, guys, get some suggestions down here. Write some comments of what you guys think this, uh, this board should be called. Um, there's two new guests up top. We have my buddy Chester and over here, wrong side, uh, my buddy Cooper. So um, I actually have some notes that, that, uh, that Pam, who is... Cooper and Chester's mommy, um, you know, Pam is, uh, she's actually going to be uh, one of our, our podcast guests and Pam is really cool. You know, Pam has become, uh, a friend that she's, uh, she's really, really, really cool lady. Uh, we have laughs during our sessions and, uh, we have, we have a lot of fun and, you know, she, she, you know, she busted her ass for her dog. She, you know, she loves her dogs. Um, she was having problems with Chester to the point where Chester is this guy, right? This guy, this guy, I don't even know what side I'm on. Um, so that, that side right there's, wait a minute, let me just look. There you go. That's Chester right there. Um, and I'll tell you a little bit about what they are, what they do and, uh, you know, what they are and all that kind of good stuff. But, uh, before we get into even this, these guys, what I want to remind you for you people that are, are checking me out and, uh, have the privilege 
of watching me and this good looking face of mine on, on YouTube, make sure you, uh, you hit that like button. If you like this video, make sure you also subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, I want you to subscribe to that. So this way you keep that you stay up to date on the uh, clips that we come out with uh, for the podcast on Mondays and Wednesdays uh, relating to the podcast that premieres on Thursdays. And then also all the instructional videos and all the cool stuff that we're, we're putting together um, with relating with, you know, you know, tips and tricks and, and, and instructions and just all sorts of, 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 of topics that we're covering that are going to help you and also going to help your dog at the same time. So, like I said, if you guys are privileged to check out my beautiful face and are watching me on YouTube, make sure you like the video and also subscribe to the channel. So you stay up to date. Uh, but enough about me. Uh, yeah, <laughs> enough about me. You're like, get out of my face. Let me look at the dogs. Yeah, you know what? Like I said, it's barking for balance. Sometimes we got to talk about me too. You know what I'm saying? A little cockiness, but no, uh, no, we have fun on this podcast. So that's what it's all about. It's about balance. But uh, yeah, so I was telling you guys about Pam and Pam just be, has become like, you know, one of my favorite clients, you know, really, really fun lady. And uh, she's busted her ass to take care of these dogs, you know, Cooper and Chester. So let me tell you a little bit about what she says about Cooper and Chester in her own words. She says, Cooper is a very handsome half basset hound, half lab that they rescued from a shelter. Uh, Cooper likes to go on walks, loves to play fetch, and he can catch the ball in midair and will bring it back to you. He also loves his treats and will also give you high fives if you ask him. Mm. He's a calm boy until the man, man, the mailman comes. Well, I guess he doesn't want his mommy to get those bills. You know what I mean? Maybe the man was bringing checks to his mom, to Pam. Hey, Pam, maybe that would be the case, you know? Uh, and then Chester. Chester is a blue healer Aussie mix. He's a very, very, very high energy, loves his walks, his toys, and loves to play with Cooper. He also loves the snow, and at the moment, he brings all his toys outside. He loves and loves and loves, another three loves, to be outside regardless of the weather. <laughs> this nut loves the rain and would stay out there if we let him. <laughs> so, yeah, that's Pam for you. She's, uh, she's really cool. So, uh, shout out to Pam for being a dedicated dog owner, and thank you for providing beautiful pictures of Cooper and Chester. Uh, if you guys want your dogs or your pets, doesn't have to be dogs, it could be pets, cats, parrots ferrets squirrels whatever you got goats chickens anything you want you want them featured on our you know board write some comments on what you guys want this thing to be called the, the pet board or whatever and if you guys want uh, your pets to be featured on the board dm us at uh at on instagram on facebook or write some comments down on on the youtube and uh you know we'll send you we'll, we'll respond you send us some pictures and we'll have you featured or you have your pets featured so that'd be cool anyway so moving on to to my background when it comes to animals so Make a very, very long story short, my background is very limited when it came to animals. In fact, you know, um, most of my exposure to animals, I believe it or not, even though it was it was indirect, came from uh, after I moved to Sicily with my family at the age of 10. And so my uncle, my father's brother, he pretty much lived on like a farm type deal where he had like a, like acres upon acres of of trees and, and fruits and vegetables and all that kind of stuff. And obviously he had tons of animals, you know, he had sheep and chickens and pigs and cows and, and cats and, uh, and dogs, obviously, and rabbits and all sorts of other, of other animals. And, you know, the majority of, of, of the usage for those animals was basically food related, you know, um, they used them for food purposes. So except for the dogs and the cats, obviously, but, um, both of those animals, like I said, were used for food purposes. So, um, so, you know, obviously I had a little bit of exposure to it and to them and very from a distance because, you know, I was terrified of dogs 
to be like the, the most. Those were the ones I was terrified the most. Small little dogs didn't matter. Terrified. But also just because I was very um, shy and insecure and, and, and just awkward and just fearful. Um, I was afraid of my own shadow, basically. So I stayed away from everything. I was afraid of the kittens and just, just the rabbits. I mean, I was just terrified of the most. I kind of like kept my distance. So the only time I had a little bit of like closer contact was if my cousin was there, or my uncle, or my father, you know, I kind of like got a little closer to them, but I always kind of was a little, you know, you know, unsure and just to put it bluntly, I was, I was, I was scared. So, uh, so I kept my distance, but you know, by 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 changing my life pattern, it's weird because now um, I'm involved with not just dogs, but I'm involved with like all sorts of um, all sorts of other animals too. I mean, my, my own, I have you know, obviously I have two dogs. I have the parrot Hannibal, which you guys have met on a previous podcast. If you haven't, go check it out. He's the first special guest on our podcast, Barking for Balance here. So uh, go check him out and. Um, and and we'd love to hear your stories about about some 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 cool parrots or birds or animals that that uh, that you have as well. But um, like I said, you know, and of course I have I have Flash, who's who's the tortoise, and I also had some cats in here that were we were taking care of um, for for fostering purposes. So you know, I kind of learned a lot about the psychology of animals being exposed to all these different species. And what I've come to realize is that um, they do, you know, how could I put this? People, people don't understand, a lot of people don't understand just how much animals feel physically and how much they feel psychologically. They have, they feel physical pain. And it's one of the, one of the frustrating, you know, you know, I get, I get angry. Um, one of the, one of the things that makes me very angry is the whole abusing of the animals, um, of treating them and mistreating them physically. Have you ever stepped on, on one of your pets and they squeal and they cry? They feel the pain. So how do these people that don't really care about the physical pain? And it, some of the people are not just, they're not evil. They just don't get it, you know? Um, they're not bad people. They're not evil people. They just don't understand that animals do feel pain. They also have feelings. You know, they do feel, they feel differently than the way um, humans feel. You know, it's similar, but it's different. And people that don't get that animals have feelings, that animals feel pain, I, I just don't get them. I just don't understand what what's going on in their head what's in their heads i just don't get um you know especially when you see certain things i, I don't know it, it just baffles me like like I, I recently um well not recently but a while back um like i said before i was i was, I was getting involved with the cats there's a lot of feral cats in this neighborhood and uh you know i remember telling my ex that i wanted to try to do something about it. And um, she actually did. She took care of it. In fact, now, years later, after you know, we're not together anymore, but um, years later, she still has a cat rescue that is doing an amazing job and doing some great work. But what she did with the red with the cats was she kind of like got the cats in the area, you know, sp spayed and neutered them, you know, captured, got the kittens, you know, adopted out the kittens, you know, adopted out some of the older cats that were around that were able to you know be be um be domesticated 
so it's really cool. And, you know, a lot of them used to live here, you know, they would be, they would be, you know, fostering here. Some of them we ended up keeping, and then she ended up taking them with her uh, after we split up. But um, I had a lot of exposure to those, to those cats and you kind of see how their way of doing things is different. But then after we split up, you know, obviously the cats were kind of like more her department, but because she was caring for the cats out here, you know, the ones that, that were still feral that weren't, you know, I guess they weren't able to be adopted or whatnot. Um, they would still come around because she used to feed them all the time. So then like for a first couple of days, I'm like, all right, whatever, you know, but now they're here, they're coming, they're looking at me and I'm looking at them like, all right, fine guys. So it kind of, kind of became my, my thing. You know, I would take care of the cats too. And it was cool, you know? And um, it's funny because doing that, I learned some stuff. So it's, it's the reason why I wanted to bring up the psychology and the fact that they have feelings is because at first I, I just, I was just feeding them just because I felt bad. You know, I just wanted to give them food. So I would just put food out there. And, and that was really it. You know, give them me food and then goodbye. And that would be the end of it. Um, but after a while, what I noticed was that my approach of not trying to interact with these cats was actually allowing them to trust me, you know, and it's funny because this is exactly what I tell my clients that need they need to do in order to um, introduce themselves to a dog. Most people stick their hand out, you know, some you see how rude that is when I do it. You people that are watching me, you look how rude that is. You know, some people do that. Some people do the talking. Hi, baby. Hi, hello. Come here. I'm not going to hurt you. You know, they do a variety of different things and, you know, they're well-intentioned, you know, don't get me wrong, but it doesn't build trust. Now, these animals, these animals are telling you that they don't trust you, right? These animals don't know you. You know, they don't know who you are. So as much as, yeah, you're well-intentioned, but they don't know that. So the easiest thing to do is to apply three simple th concepts, which is no hands, no mouth, and no eyes. And this is what I teach my clients to do when they meet a dog. When they meet a dog for, 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 first, for the first time, or even their own after they haven't seen them for, for a chunk of time, no hands, no mouth, no eyes. Niente mano, niente bocca. And then they work you. No hands, no mouth, and no eyes. See, now it's Sicilian too now. So the reason why is because we want them to not feel like we're um, entering their space without permission. We want them to understand that we respect how they feel. So we're not going to um, try to force ourselves to make them trust us. We're going to allow them and give them time until they trust us. That's what builds trust is the ability to give them time to, you know, overcome those obstacles. You know what I mean? You know, trust takes time. It doesn't happen overnight. So that especially works very, 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 very well with fearful dogs, with nervous dogs, with aggressive dogs, with excited dogs, but especially with those dogs that have a trust issue, fearful, nervous, insecure, those dogs, you're best suited. Don't, don't look at them. Don't touch them. And don't, don't try to talk to them. Just let them be, you know, give them time to be dogs, you know? And I was basically doing the same thing with the cats. And what I discovered was that there was two cats in particular. One we named uh, Gray Mama and the other one was named Smush. And these were like the two resident cats, so to speak. You know, they used to, they, they lived here, but they didn't pay any rent. 
I realized after a while that they were getting closer and closer and closer. So while I'm feeding them, I still would put the food down and now I wouldn't try to touch them, wouldn't talk to them, just put the food down and they started closing the gap, you know? Great mama was always a little more skittish, but smush, I realized that was just really hanging out. So one day I just like, let me just try to pet him. So I pet him a little bit and he didn't move. Okay. Just for a few seconds. Then I pet him a little bit longer, then a little bit longer. And before you know it, we fast forward. And this guy used to follow me around. Of course, I think a lot of it had to do with socks and pepper. Um, their energy told these cats. I, I believe that was the case that their energy told these cats that, you know, we were all cool and, you know, nobody was going to harm anybody because Sox and Pepper were great with cats, great with everything. But, um, you know, they, 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 you know, their energy was a lot better than mine. I mean, obviously dogs are dogs. They do this, you know, much better than any human. But, um, you know, I think that's really what played a role into them trusting me eventually, because what ended up happening was, like I said, Smush would follow me around everywhere, even afterwards, socks and pepper weren't around. It was like I was the, he was the tail and I was the donkey. He was a follow along, you know, and um, after a while, you know, I would start hanging out outside with him and he would jump on my lap and he would fall asleep. And and this is the routine. So at night, this is what I did. I would sit outside in the front and he would come up, jump on my lap and just fall asleep. That was the pattern. And I did this every night. And then, like I said, great mama was always, she was around. She was like close. I would throw treats at her. She would always come close. But if I tried to pet her, she just wasn't like that. And then one of my neighbors said, you know what? I want to, I want to adopt her. I said, okay, perfect. This is great mama. And I tried to adopt also smush to my other neighbor who was interested. So we were able to get great mama first. And then he took her in and we fast forward months later where he was struggling. He had a couple of other cats and he was struggling with the introduction, even with himself on how to, you know, be able to interact with her. But eventually we fast forward a few months later, he could pet her, you know, he could, he could, you know, she comes, she comes near him. You know, she used to hide in the beginning, not anymore. It's just a different world. And it's great for me to know that she's safe. She's not out there and, you know, in, in danger, weather, cold, whatever, you know, fed, medically taken care of. Smush was older. Smush, I'm going to have to guess, was in like the 10 to 15 year range. Um, and, you know, as it's it sad, saddens me, but um, one day I just never saw him again and I haven't seen him since. And so I don't exactly know what happened. Um, but you know, I cried a couple of days because of that. And part of it was because, you know, my neighbor was having some second thoughts. And so, you know, a lot of the, there was a lot of regret there, uh, of me not taking him in. And I still feel that way. I still feel very regret. Re I, I still regret a little, I'm getting a little emotional. Um, I still regret not taking him in, taking her in. I think it was, she was a girl, but I regret not taking her in. Um, but you know, anyway, but at least, you know, I took care of her. I showed her that, you know, love was available and, you know, maybe it was just her time. I mean, I listen, I don't think God would have let anything happen to her unless it was just what needed to be done. And maybe that was the case, much like, you know, when Peanut passed away, it was almost like that needed to happen to open up the door to bring Pepper into, to, into, into my life. Um, but maybe that was the case because right after that, there was another cat who is coming around sporadically and I named him Scooter. And this cat was very, very skittish, you know, would be at a distance, you know, would not come close. And basically again, gray mama was gone. Smush was gone, but now this guy started to show up and I'm like, Oh God. All right. So I just started doing the same. I was like, all right, fine. I'll just put some food out. And, you know, I would just start putting food out and basically the same kind of thing. 
And then, of course, socks and pepper, you know, taking them out for bathroom breaks and walks and you know how cats do. They kind of like, you know, rub up against. So they would rub up. He would rub up against socks and pepper. And, um, you know, people were telling me, like, you know, don't don't do that. You know, they could get sick or whatever. I don't know if, you know, you guys know anything about that kind of stuff, but please let me know if, you know, you guys have some knowledge on, on those illnesses or fleas or whatever. Honestly, never had that problem even with smush and gray mama and never had that problem with, with uh, socks and pepper and scooter now um, for fleas or diseases or whatever. But if you guys know anything, just, you know, please share those with me um, in the comments, but you know, he just started doing the same thing. And before you know it, he started to come closer and let me touch him and let me pet him. And again, we fast forward now and you take a guess what happens if you said he sleeps on your lap. That's exactly what happens. You know, my next door neighbor actually is, you know, he's, he's always texting me like, Hey, scooters outside. He needs you. So I go down and I hang out with him, and he jumps on my lap and, you know, we hang out and he falls asleep on my lap and I pet him and, you know, I rub his belly, you know, a little fat on his belly and I just rub it. And it's, it's really adorable. I don't know. Do you, do cats actually do that? Do cats get like belly rubs? I mean, do you guys know anything about that? Because I never knew that, but this cat loves belly rubs. Like I'll just rub his belly, like as he's standing and then he'll just plop all over. Like he'll just slam on his side and just like roll over and I'll just keep rolling his bed. He's basically like a dog. So it's just, I mean, you guys know anything about that? Is that what cats like? Let me know. Cause I'm really curious, but um, that's what happens. So uh, between you and me, I'm seriously considering taking him in here and uh, making him a permanent member of the pack, maybe, or taking him in and fostering him to try to find them a home or one or the other, or possibly both. We'll see. Um, yeah, it's, it's a serious consideration because, you know, he's just so like, he's just so, mm, he's just so cute. But um, when I look at him, it's funny when I look at him, it's funny because, you know, he's on his back, he's on his side, and I could see just the peace that's in his eyes. I could feel his energy as he's purring. He's nice and calm. And I remember, you know, in the beginning, even with, with Smush and Grey Mama, how nervous they were, unsure they were. And then here's, you know, they are comfortable and calm. And again, these animals have feelings. They feel just like we do. They feel sadness. They feel insecurity. They feel tension. They feel nervous. But when you see them and, and feel them being calm and feeling relaxed, it's just a different thing. And, you know, the, the, the thing that's troubling, that's difficult is, like I said, as much as, yes, they do have feelings, most people don't understand that, um, the way they process and deal with those feelings is different than the way a human processes and deals with those feelings. So for example, you know, an animal doesn't care how kind you're being, you know, there's a lot of people that try to be calm. They come here, come here. And they try to bribe their dog, try to bribe the cat to, to, to come closer. And all you're doing when that happens is you're driving them away because they're feeling a certain way, but we're not respecting the way they feel. Therefore, they're not they're, They see that we don't understand what they're communicating. You know, 
it's it's kind of like how how men and women differ. Well, but Damatra. Yes, men and women have different ways of, of of expressing their feelings, you know, like, you know, guys, have you ever been with a woman and she's in a pissed off mood and you'll say, what's wrong? What's the matter? Well, if you don't know, I'm not going to tell you. Never happened. No, come on, ladies. You know how you know how that goes. It's again, it's a different way of feeling <laughs> i'm gonna get in so much trouble oh but i'm in so much trouble for that one okay so so it's a different it's different way of processing your emotions some people process their emotion they're able to express their emotions they're able to show their emotions some people aren't but animals they show their emotions they don't hide those emotions but we have to learn to respect them because how they go through it it takes time so we need to learn and adapt to them as opposed to trying our best to make them adapt to us. Instead of using our own brains, our own way of thinking, feeling, and acting, basically our own psychology, why not use the psychology of a dog, the psychology of a cat, um, which again is why I say it's about training people, not training dogs, because if we had learned to do so, then these dogs, these cats, these animals don't have any problems. I mean, listen, I have a multi-species household, birds, cats, well, possibly cats, but I've had cats. Um, so we'll use that as an example anyway. Birds, cats, don't, uh, you know, what do you guys think about that? Hmm? Just, should I? Should I bring them in? Should I keep them? Should I try to adopt them out? Come on, give me some suggestions, guys. I'm looking for some feedback. Give me some feedback as to what I should do because I'm kind of like on the fence about it. Um, as you could tell, I'm very much on the fence about it. So I'm kind of like circling back to this topic over here, but I feel it's important. So let me know what you think. Uh, you know, give me your opinion on, on that topic. Anyway, so getting back to the multi-species household, dogs, cats, birds, tortoise, they all have different ways of doing things. They all have different ways of what, what their needs are, thinking, feeling, and acting. Now, if you step on them, you know, if Hannibal, the bird, if you clip his wing a little too close, will he scream? Of course, because he feels pain, you know? If you don't psychologically cater to what it is that he specifically is, is needing as a bird, then you know what they do? They develop psychological problems, so they pluck out their feathers, right? That's what birds do when they're stressed. And stress, like th there's there's a variety of different ways that they could be stressed. Like some, some birds, believe it or not, become stressed because they live with dogs that just bark their heads off and they become stressed over that. Um, but they pluck their feathers. So the psychology of a bird is clearly different than the psychology of a dog because a, a, a dog doesn't like start pulling its feather, its fur off if it's stressed, you know, maybe some cases, but, but for the most part, that's not part of their pattern. So understanding the way they feel, we have to respect how they feel and understand and adapt and learn to become and to realize what they're doing. So we need to learn to communicate that specific language. And again, I didn't realize that applying my dog psychology knowledge to a cat would have created that kind of, um, that kind of response, you know? I guess there's similarities to, to animals, you know, to, to you know, cats and dogs. There's some similarities to the psychology of it because doing it that way of applying the no hands, no mouth, no eyes concept, you know, yes, you're providing food. So it's a little bit different, but 
overall, the, the premise was still the same. I was caring for them, but I wasn't forcing it. And so a lot of times that's what I say to my clients when it comes to their dogs, that they have a fearful dog or a nervous dog is not to force it, just care for them, but don't force them to, to trust you. Don't force them to love you. You know, don't force them to even like you just let them be, just provide the only things that you can control. You know, you can't control a dog or a cat or a human that doesn't trust you, that doesn't respect you, that doesn't like you. The only thing you can control is what you do in order to make them trust, respect, and like you. And when it comes to humans, I got news for you. <laughs> because you could do a lot of good stuff to people and they'll still hate you, stab you in the back. I'm feeling and talk all I'm not going to tell you what that means, but you know, that's the human side, dogs, animals, cats, they're different. So that takes time. And if you, you stay patient, just stay patient and just cater and do the stuff that you can control. Eventually miracles happen. You know, it's a slow process. And that's why, you know, as this cat's getting closer, you, Oh, you start. No, because now you went backwards. You just destroyed all that trust that you, that you tried. You were, you were building, you know, it's a, it's a building block steps. Don't try to go from step one to step 10. Even if you're at step five, just continue the process. Just be patient because like I said, and I'm not a cat expert. I'm not a dog, a cat behaviorist. I'm a dog behaviorist. But apparently, I'm a cat behaviorist too now. You know, I'm a, I'm a cat whisperer. I know how to do everything, I guess. But it's the truth. You know what I mean? It's um, If you apply the same principles in certain areas, they work. So here's the thing. No hands, no mouth, no eyes. No touching, no talking, no eye contact really works. And when it comes to building trust and respect, you got to be patient. You know, just take your time with it. And, you know, learning, learning from like, 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 you know, watching um, like, like, um, like these cats, it's, it's crazy how quickly they just come to you once you just go into that mindset of just not caring about how they feel about you. And if you think about it logically, it also has a very close relation to how we should be when it comes to people. I mean, what do you guys think about that? Like, I, you know, do you guys care about what people think about you? I mean, a lot of people are going to say, nah, I don't care. I'll do what I want. You know, bullshit. People just lie about that. They, they talk a big game. But in reality, people mostly care about what other people think. And that's the problem. You know, so what we we can't control what people think about us. We can't control what people say about us or, or want from us. But we can control is what we do. You know, and if we stop caring about what people think or what a cat or a dog thinks about us, because that's really what a lot of people get into, like this insecure state when a dog doesn't doesn't like them. You know, they cry because, oh, he doesn't love me. He doesn't like me. I didn't do anything. Why doesn't he love me? Why doesn't he trust me? It's got nothing to do with you. Relax. You know, you, your, your, your insecurities are clouding your judgment and your insecurities are making things worse. So it has nothing to do with you. It has to do with whatever they've been through, whatever they're going through. You know what I mean? You can't control what's going on over there. So much like with people and with animals, don't worry about what they think about you or what they're feeling about you. Just do what you feel is best. So in my particular case, I felt, you know, yeah, at first it was guilt. But when I started doing it, I did it because I wanted to do it. And I just kept doing it. Just here's food. I'm, I'm providing you food. 
You know, I don't care if you like me, if you go on Facebook and you throw, you talk shit about me, or if you compliment me, I don't care. I'm doing it because this is what I feel is right. It's what I feel makes me happy. And whatever the consequences, the consequences. And it's funny, we talk about consequences because, you know, in my, in my area that I live in, I'm not going to get too specific, but um, we're not allowed to, to, to feed the cats. And um, I don't, I don't understand the, 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 the concept behind it. I mean, it makes no sense. They're saying it attracts mice, which is stupid because God damn it. You know, I mean, the cats take care of the mice. So I don't get it. Yes. They say they attract raccoons and skunks or whatever. Listen, I've never seen any of that stuff. Okay. But whatever. So regardless, I still do it. And that's the bottom line. So that's how it's going to be. I'm still going to take care of the cats. And that's the bottom line. So, um, but some people like don't even like cats. And that's, that's part of, I guess, like ignorance or stupidity. I'm not exactly sure. Um, like, why don't you like cats? Some people don't like cats for whatever reason. Okay, I get it. But regardless of whether you like them or not, I'm not saying you're obligated to like them. That's it. If you don't like them, that's it. I'm not going to condemn you for it. You know, um, if you don't like the cats, don't, you're not obligated to like them. But what really aggravates me, it really pisses me off is those people that prevent others from caring for them or liking them. Because, you know, I got, I got fined a few times from this area um, it's not the town it's just the, you know, anyway, um, from, because somebody just saw and ratted me out. Okay. Doesn't don't these people have anything better to do? I mean, I'm, this is my zone. I'm not even close to anybody else. The people in my immediate zone have no problem. They're all, they all love that I do this because otherwise they would do it themselves. I, I do it out of my own pocket. I don't get supported by any rescues or shelters it comes out of my pocket. Okay. And I do feed them dry food and wet food, an entire can once a day of wet food, just FYI, sometimes more, depending on if there's other cats around, but it all comes out of my pocket. Okay. And I'm not Rockefeller, but I still do it out of my own pocket. It's out of my own time, my own pocket. It doesn't bother anybody. And the comp, the, the area doesn't know anything about it, except some moron, Somebody sees and they rat me and they rat me out. Fatty fatuto. Okay. Because at the at the end of the day, you know, if it doesn't cause any harm to you, why do you need to create a big deal about it? It doesn't, if it doesn't affect you in any negative way, then what's the fuck's the problem? You know what I'm saying? Say I'm getting pissed. I mean, am I wrong? Am I wrong for feeling that way? I mean, seriously, hit some, tell me some comments down below about if, about whether I'm wrong um, about it. I'm sure it's going to be a mixed mixed baggage of, of you know of, of opinions, but I really want to hear other people's opinions on the matter. Um, you know what you guys think about about this subject. But you know, if, if you if you don't care about whatever it is, then you shouldn't prevent others from caring for them. Like, you know, if you don't like homeless people, then why are you going to block somebody from caring about homeless people? Just leave them alone. Let the other people take care of it. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't understand it. Nobody's saying you have to like what, like them, but just mind your own business. It doesn't, we're not, it, it, it's not harming anything. It's not causing problems. If something is causing a problem, listen, I get it. 
But in this particular case, it's not causing anybody of the ones that are talking any problem at all. So, yeah, that's when I get pissed off. I use certain certain phrases, you know. So anyway, but yeah, I mean, am I wrong? Come on, guys, tell me, am I wrong? Because I don't really feel that I'm wrong in this particular case, you know, but whatever. I mean, whatever. Anyway, I'm still going to do it. So I really don't give a shit what anybody says. See, I don't care. I don't care. I'm still going to do it. It's what I feel is, is right. I'm taking care of the little guys. That's the bottom line. And plus, you know, I, I, it's, it's, it's working. It's working almost like a rehabilitation type thing. I mean, had I, had I gotten smush in time and my neighbor wouldn't have been wishy-washy about it, that's two cats that would have been adopted. And then scooter number three in, in a short period of time by doing exactly what I'm doing. So I'm, I'm actually helping the, the, the cat population in this area. So fun cool anyway, but you know, the reason why I'm just bringing that up is because, you know, again, not liking somebody, you're not obligated to do something, you know, you're not, you're not obligated to, to do what the other person is doing or to, to, to like what the other person is like, like, like it reminds me of something a few, a few, like, like 10, 15 years ago, um, my parents, you know, my, when my parents would go to, uh, to, to the local supermarket, there would be this, this, uh, the Sicilian lady there. And uh, she was, a, she was, a, she was one of the baggers and, and, you know, she, she was always talking to my parents and they would just yap. And for whatever reason, this was an older Sicilian lady. So, you know, she wasn't trying to hook up with me or anything, but she would always ask about me. Oh, is he still single? Is he this, is he that? So always, always, always asking me the same, the same question. Right. So at the time, I think at one point I was married another time I had like my, my, my ex fiance and whatnot. And then, so she would always ask, but she was always asking, even like in between, she was always asking, Oh, is he single? Is this, this? So finally, my father, uh, my, my, my father uh, said to me, she go, he goes, you know, she wants to set you up with her niece. Okay. And I, I really wasn't too thrilled with that. I'm like, I don't know. I mean, I feel weird. And my father's like, you know, what's the difference? I go, I don't know. I, just, I don't really want to get set up. And my father, you know, my father, old school Sicilian guy, you know, I felt the reason why I didn't want to do it was because I felt like almost like, like obligated, like. Am I going to be forced to like be with this girl, even though I hate her? You know, what if it doesn't work out? Like, what, what my, are my parents going to be pissed? And then, my, and then, you know, my father, you know, Sicilian, he would say this in Sicilian, of course, and it would be like, which basically means if, if you don't want to, then you don't have to do business with them. You just meet them. And if it's not convenient, if it doesn't work out, then you don't do business. That's basically the translation. You don't do business. So, so that was, that was what he said. And then, um, and then my mom, it was like, you're meeting her. It's not like you have, you have to marry her. That's what my mom said to me. So I was like, all right, fine. So, you know, they set me up. So I, I never even went out with her. Um, but to make a very long story short, we spoke on the phone one time. And what basically happened was, I, st I spoke to her just to get a gauge of, you know, how I felt. And she was just so fucking boring. She was so boring, so dull. Oh, Sancho, a little bit of stupid too, but oh, so blah. I feel like just vomiting. Just Anyway, so, um, so we were just talking. And of course, you know, this was prior to like, you know, cell phones with video chat and, you know, uh, pictures and all that shit. 
So, so I, you know, we were describing each other what we look like. And so she said to me, you know, as I asked her, like, you know, about hair or whatever. And she said, I have dirty blonde hair. So, so I said, you know, me being a funny guy, at least I thought so up until that point. She said, I said to her, oh, well, you might want to consider washing it. You guys get it? You know, dirty blonde hair. You might want to consider, you know, get it. Okay. If you don't, I want to hear some, yeah, write it down if you don't get it. Um, write some comments down about that. But she says to me, no, that's just the name of the color. Y yeah, I, I, I get that it was just a joke, you know, because and I'm trying to explain the fucking joke to this moron. And, and she just wouldn't get it. And, and of course, it was just a very, uh, Jerry, oh, that's just the name of the, the color. Uh, uh, what? Oh, that's funny. <laughs> okay. So needless to say, I really had no desire to take it any further. So I cut ties, bitter farewell, the saluto guy who get fought it, moved on, and that was the end of it. So that's kind of like the philosophy of, you know, when it comes to like, you know, these cats. So if you guys want to know a little bit more of those, those kind of stories, then please let me know. I'll be glad to share some other crazy stories about that kind of stuff. But basically the philosophy is simple. You know, you learn that from like two Sicilian people, a man and a woman from Sicily who basically are telling you, which means if it's not convenient for you, then you don't have to do business. You basically just move on. You know, so again, if somebody's walking by and they're seeing you take care of some some animals, we're not asking them to do it. We're not saying give me ten dollars so I could buy food for them. No, I'm just saying I'm not just saying. You know what? Take two hours to. No, it's not nothing to do with you. So move it along. You know. Anyway, I don't know. Again, I would love to hear some uh, some of your opinions about about this kind of stuff. And um, listen, I'm an animal lover now. You know, um, to me, these, these, these cats as much as, yeah, I do. I, as, I you know, it, I hate when it's like cold and it was really hot or it's like the storm. And, you know, I know that they're cared for. I know that they're okay. You know, they could provide them. So when it's like freezing cold, you know, I worry about, but they always pop up. So they know what they're doing, but I mean, it makes me feel better that at least I'm doing my part to prevent them from having to do something else. You know, I know that at least here, they'll be getting food for sure. They're safe. They can hang out in this area, you know, um, so it makes me feel good that I'm doing the right thing. So regardless, I don't really care. I'm doing it. Bottom line, buff on cool if you don't like it. Um, that's that's just a matter of just being being kind and caring and whatever and loyal, I guess. But that's that's just how it's going to be. But um, yeah, so we're coming near the end of our podcast here. Again, if you guys have the pleasure of seeing this gorgeous face on YouTube, make sure you hit that like button and that subscribe button on this channel so you can stay up to date. And uh, listen, love to hear some uh, some Sicilian stories from people, you know, some 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 dog stories, you know, some some cat stories, and especially some from some my Sicilian people. I mean, come on, we'd love to hear some Sicilian recipes. Let's talk about food. Oh, me, We could talk about food all day long, you know questions about Sicily, my life in Sicily. If you have any questions about myself, dog related questions. Again, we talked about, you know, how to approach a dog, you know, no hands, no mouth, no eyes. Believe me, that saves a lot of bites. Again, this whole crap that you see, you stick your hand in their face, put your hand in your pocket. I was like, don't, don't put your hand out in their face. Keep your hands to yourself. You know, let, let, let them come to you. Don't worry about going to them be patient. You know um, I mean, that's basically the, the, the magic behind it is just be patient you know, be, be positive, be peaceful, be persistent. 
but don't force things. You know, being persistent doesn't mean you force things. You just be patient and allow things to, to evolve. You know, it's the four P's as I call BP4, you know, be patient, positive, peaceful, and persistent, which I have not said in a long time. And maybe we should bring that back. But uh, again, if you guys have any questions, you want to talk about anything, you know, make sure you hit me up on, uh, on, uh, on whether or not you want your pets on this board here. And also let me know what you want to call this thing, you know, so we can, we could finally put a name on it, but um, had a good time. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Barking for Balance. I am Pat the Pac-Man. Catch you guys next time.